Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. You know, Triple H is retired from in-ring competition. It makes me look back at that that insane catalog uh, and how much I really, I don't know, didn't appreciate him while he was here, right? And, and when, when you think about the legacy uh, of Triple H, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, specifically the last six, seven, eight years, whatever timeline you want to put on that. You got to see Triple H work with NXT. You got to see his true love and passion and vision for professional wrestling. And I say professional wrestling very uh, with with a point there, right? Because NXT was the pro wrestling version of WWE. Say what you want about sports entertainment. Chris Jericho certainly is right now, right? Um, But that was that nice counter that WWE offered. And for me, it was all because of Triple H, Dre. Absolutely. I mean, the man had the vision and the foresight to see, hey, there's other wrestlers outside of WWE that don't look like bodybuilders that can work their ass off and they could entertain Gargano, Cole, Owens, Balor. You run down the list of everybody that Hunter brought in to NXT and. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yeah, welcome in, Busted Open Nation. Here on a Saturday, it's time for the weekend edition of Busted Open Podcast Edition. I'm Ryan McKinnell. And in for Bully Ray, we got the one and only Andreas Hale, the newest addition to Fight Nation here on Sirius XM. And on today's edition of Busted Open, we dive headfirst into the legacy moments in matches of one Triple H as Triple H announces his retirement from in-ring competition. And it wouldn't be a Saturday edition of Busted Open if Andreas and myself didn't give you our best show that was in the week of professional wrestling as we bring you our weekly winner. It's Busted Open on Saturday. Relax, quick play. Let's get it going. Say what you want in hindsight, but there was a moment where the black and gold brand was the best wrestling on the planet. Those takeover shows were unbelievable, phenomenal. And Hunter's involvement, whatever it was, I mean, he may not have been an agent for every match, but obviously he had the foresight to understand like these guys could be potential superstars. Now, them not translating properly to the main roster had nothing to do with him. There's, there, we can't blame Hunter for any of that. But he brought the right guy, the Apollo Crews, like to have the vision, the ricochets. You, he brought so much talent in that they rarely ever missed. And some of the best matches and feuds that we saw were through NXT, yep. through the black and gold brand. And he was heavily involved in that, heavily involved incredible i keep saying incredible but 
I can't find another adjective for this. He, he's he was that good, damn good. He was the game. Well, you, you talk about the, the the NXT run, and you talk about those takeovers. Uh, you're not wrong, right? Because when you look at like the, the 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 pantheon of all time great runs in professional wrestling history, right? Like I'm not a historian, but I mean we've both been watching uh, this business since the mid to late '80s pretty regularly, right, Dre? And uh, well. As we approach this October, this will be the third year of the Saturday show on Busted Open. And in the third hour of Busted Open, we do weekly winner. Dre, a couple years ago, it felt like every single week NXT was winning weekly winner. It was just that good. And when you talk about the legacy of NXT, Dre, for six or seven years, that run of takeovers, I don't know if there's been a better run of consistently great professional wrestling in terms of a pay-per-view product, right, than that run that NXT had. There was a run there for like three or four years where I don't know that there wasn't, I mean, we're not using star ratings, right, if there wasn't a five-star pay-per-view put on by NXT. They were just knocking it out of the park every single quarter. Honestly, honestly, very similar. I, I, I don't want to compare apples to oranges here because obviously NXT on some level was a developmental brand, but very similar to what uh, Tony Khan is doing with AEW right now like when you look at uh when you look at all out revolution and full gear those three pay-per-views back to back to back I haven't had a feeling like that since the heyday of the takeovers no takeover you know ring of honor had a great run obviously new japan with their, yep. you know a lot of their shows have great runs but it was just like takeover just clicked and there was a point that a lot of us was like well this isn't de- developmental anymore this is like a super indie like the super mega yep. indie because it brought together the Ring of Honor wrestlers, the PWG wrestlers, the Dragon's Gate, like the wrestlers that we've been watching. It was like underground hip hop, right? It was like underground hip hop finally <laughs> making it. And we were all there yeah. to watch it happen. It was like, this is what y'all been missing. Y'all were not paying attention to Johnny Gargano and Dragon's Gate. But now you see him here and you're like, oh, man, he's incredible. Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, man, he's incredible. We knew how incredible Kevin, Kevin Steen was before he became Kevin Owens. Triple H saw that. And now look yep. at him, a guy who absolutely cannot miss unless he's given shitty material. But Owens is that <laughs> damn good. And that's a product of Hunter. All those pictures, you think those pictures of Hunter taking next to Kevin Owens Balor when he signed them was by accident? That was a flex. That was a flex to everybody in the rest of the world. <laughs> that was, like, oh. was plant, planting his flag, right? Yeah, he wanted to let us know that I know what you guys like. I, I'm paying attention to this scene. It's, again, I'm p- compared to the music industry. It's like the major label head that really has a fondness for some dive bar act that he sees like that guy's got a future. It, but because everybody in this small bar appreciates, if I put him on a bigger scale, it'll take off. And he rarely missed with his signings. Unfortunately, Vincent, you know, the main roster didn't have the same vision that Triple H had, but that was that was vision. That I mean, that's sal- for a lot of people. You couldn't watch main roster product. But you could watch a takeover and it brought a lot of people back to wrestling. A lot of laps fans came back because it was all about the act and the art of pro wrestling. The violent ballet that we love to enjoy was on full display. Thanks to Triple H. And, yo, I mean, is this hyperbolic? But I mean, is it safe to say that without NXT, we might not have AEW? Because you called NXT a super indie, right? I feel like NXT laid the groundwork for what we're seeing right now in AEW, right? Like, the, the what do we want? We want professional wrestling. NXT, I think, showed 
uh, to a new generation that professional wrestling can still be a viable commodity, that people still want to see stiff matches. People want to see their stories told inside the ring. And that was in such stark contrast to what we got on Monday and Friday nights when you're talking about the main roster. Do you, do you think there's some truth to that, right? If without NXT, there is no AEW right now? 100%. It proved that the mainstream audience will, if you build it, they will come. Yep. And NXT was yep. exactly that. Because, you know, I guess Vince, they, they didn't believe like, oh, you could just have a wrestling show. But then we saw NXT, which was on the network at the time and TakeOver. I think when it really clicked is when they would do TakeOver the same weekend as WrestleMania and those buildings would sell out. And I've been to a few WrestleMania TakeOver shows and I was like, oh, my God, everybody's here. Everybody's here and talking about this through the night of WrestleMania. We don't even care about WrestleMania anymore. We're talking about TakeOver. And that laid the groundwork for Tony Khan, Cody the Bucks, Omega to say, look, we yep. can do this on, on a, a mainstream scale. Like they will accept it because that template is right there that people want to see people that work. They want to see wrestling. Not everybody wants to be sports entertained. I just want to see people beating the shit out of each other in a violent and brilliant Preach. way. And that's what we got. And listen, it, he, not, it laid the groundwork also. You could see it. You could feel it. You could taste it, Dre. You were there at Nakamura, Sami Zayn at TakeOver. Like, it, it, the crowd from a TakeOver crowd and the passion and the, just the lines at the bathroom, right? A lot more women, a lot more young people, a lot more of a, like, sort of like you said, a dive bar crowd, right? Right? Like, it was right there in front of them. And I'm going to be honest, man, you dropped the ball. And it, all respect to NXT 2.0 and the work that the workers are putting in over there. I'm not shitting on your work, right? But the black and gold brand what they did for seven eight years man that again all due respect to triple h's legacy as an in-ring worker and a champion and a hall of famer because his 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 resume is lengthy when i think back to paul levesque and triple h i would not be surprised if 20 30 years from now his greatest uh, uh sort of contribution to the world of pro wrestling is changing not even changing pro wrestling bringing pro wrestling back making pro wrestling great again Andrea Sale. That Ryan, that is exactly what, what Hunter did. Triple H knew it. You can blend the two worlds together and give a presentation that people will devour. And we yep. devoured it. Thanks to that man. Like him, Regal, and the rest of the crew, they just did an, an yep. incredible job. And again, we keep saying it like, yes, Triple H's in-ring career was incredible. His mic work was incredible. But that mind, there are very few people with that kind of mind that truly understands how to bridge the gap and get the lapsed fan back, get the current fans involved, and find people that may not necessarily look like a pro wrestler, but they are pro wrestling. And I, I speak a lot of this when it comes to Kevin Owens, because that guy, if it wasn't for Triple H, we wouldn't see Kevin Owens. He would have never got signed. He would have never got signed, and we wouldn't be doing the work that he just did on Raw, which is a, a fantastic <laughs> segment. So but, good. Like, the, but that's those are the people that Hunter sees like, that guy's a jewel. And he saw it. He had the vision. He had the vision in that company. And it's very valuable, invaluable. I would like, I mean, he could carry a Hall of Fame by himself. He's done everything possible for yeah. this business. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey everyone, this is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. We are talking the life and times of one triple h inside the squared circle yesterday on the Stephen a smith show triple h uh, announcing that he is retiring from in-ring competition we talk about the memories the matches of triple h listen we'll talk legacy we'll talk lasting impressions and all that good stuff as the show goes on but just as fans right the the arc of of Triple H memories and matches for me it's a little bit muddled right because I'm gonna be honest Andreas for a good portion of his career whether he was a babyface or a heel I spent a lot of time complaining about Triple H right like he's bringing down the locker room he's taking up spots he's just with Stephanie and Evan I was full on Mark for yeah I mean basically decades with Triple H and I also saw his rises terror rising no pun intended uh, obviously his work with Degenerate generation x so i've got like a little bit of a, a, a confusing uh history appreciation for triple h but i guess the important thing is uh over the last few years or specifically with nxt i've really become to appreciate him more and dre as we talk about the most recent i guess triple h history i think back to wrestlemania 30 uh, and his run and his push sort of there with, with uh, Daniel Bryan and going into the WrestleMania 30 main event, I feel like that's when it really started to turn a corner for me where I kind of realized, like, hey, Big Mac, you're kind of being an idiot. This guy's a pretty great dude, and you probably haven't been able to see the forest from the trees or however that old saying goes. But that was a big moment for me uh, in, the, in, the, in the, I guess, career arc trajectory of Triple H, that WrestleMania 30 build. Yeah, I think WrestleMania 30 build and then NXT kind of cleaned up the mess that was yeah. before that like if you think of all the years before that it was the reign of terror right you know him and him and stephanie and him burying booker t and him going over on randy orton when randy orton was ultra hot as a heel there were a lot of moments yeah. that we were like uh I've had enough of hunter like that's enough but the things that always shined to me were him carrying dx when Shawn michaels was out I think that that yes. is kind of understated, like how well he handled that role. He jumped in that role and had no problem taking over that group. And then when Sean came back, who did Sean trust? Hunter with his first feud. And it was excellent. But the one thing that I think about the most with Triple H that really sent a message to me, even though the years after that were really frustrating with who he buried, maybe may or may not have been his fault. But his match with Foley, the hell in the cell match. Yeah was the match that I said, well, damn, like, that's a guy. That, what was, Dre, what was that? That was 2000, was that the 2000 Royal Rumble? Was it, that was, it was around 2000, if, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Yes, yes. And every, and a lot of people were curious, you know, it's like, well, 
you know, is he, is he the pretty boy hunter? Is he willing to get his, you know, his, his knuckles right. dirty in the match? And Mick has always been that guy. Like one day we're going to really talk about Mick. Mick has always been the guy to say, hey, look, this guy can work. But let me let me let me get him dirty a little bit. Let me bloody him up a little bit. Let me bust him up. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened with, with Hunter. And that was the night that it really turned the corner for his career. He, he became just a funny guy into a guy that was had, you know, real heinous acts. Like he was really underhanded at that point. Really violent sledgehammer, the barbed wire bat. This yep. guy, Triple H, I mean, again, those middle years were a little frustrating, but they were frustrating for a lot of people. It wasn't just Hunter. It was John Cena, too. So whatever. But yeah. that was the moment that we really said, <laughs> man, he can work. We, he can work. And then obviously we, what we'll talk about is the 2002 Royal Rumble return, that which is incredible. One of the biggest pops I've ever heard in my life. And that was on TV. That's a great point. Now, when you think back about great moments, 2002, MSG, right? The return, that is definitely there. Then 2002, I believe, was the same year. Well, you mentioned it already, right? When Shawn Michaels came back and entrusted, you know, Triple H with the with the, with the duty, right, of, of not only protecting him, and this is a story that's been told by both men numerous times, but telling the proper story. Yes, protect me, but then also giving the fans the proper return of one heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And for me, I, this is why I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm loving doing this show with you, Dre, on a Saturday, is because, again, we weren't the biggest Triple H fans. I know you well, right? We've talked about this before, right? Now, we've go, I've grown to appreciate him. You've, I think, appreciated him a little bit longer right but when I think back on this there's these little benchmarks throughout the last 25 years where even my distaste or 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 my exhaustion with Triple H was penetrated and I was able to step back and be like that's awesome this dude is awesome 2002 was definitely uh, an example of that because yeah there were again there was the feels of the return there were the feels of working with HBK there there was there were there were a lot of feels throughout the 25 30 year career uh, of Triple H Dre yeah right I mean I think Aside from that, the work in the ring, the man was funny and excellent yeah. on the mic. Yes. And I think this is one of those, it's also it's one of those things that goes undervalued when we talk about Triple H. He was always able to get us emotionally invested in whatever he was doing to a degree. Some matches we just didn't care about. Yeah. Perfect example, Triple H and Chris Jericho, because he got buried by Rock and Hogan at that WrestleMania. But whenever Hunter was on the mic, he was gold. He he rarely, if ever, missed. And he had a sense of humor that was unlike any other. And if you if you think there was a, uh, I believe WrestleMania 2000 was the first time, yeah, it was the first time the heel went over in the main event, right? And it was Hunter. And the build to that, a lot of people didn't like it, but I was like, I'm here for this. If there was ever a time for a heel to go over, it was Triple H. Triple H has been an integral part of pro wrestling. Whether you like it or not, he has helped shape and mold how we view pro wrestling. And yes, it sucks that he's gone from in-ring competition, but he's given us more than we, we, we ever needed from him. Far too much. And hopefully he gets back behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going on in NXT 2.0. I Clearly he has nothing to do with that because that product is just completely different. But <laughs> sheesh, I, just his brain and what he sees and his vision of pro wrestling and the fact that he's, yeah, He's been a sports entertainer, but if it wasn't for Hunter, we wouldn't have Kevin Owens because him and Regal went and got Kevin Owens and look what that guy has become. And it's like, you look at what he's done with Rollins. You look at what he's done with a lot of the talent. 
that man is incredible. And even though there are stories about Triple H that we tend to dislike about where what he did, Booker T, we can't blame him for everything, right? There's still Vince McMahon, right, there's still right. Kevin Dunn, there's still booking, but he is just so important to this business. And I'm glad he's still with us. I'm really glad he's still with us. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. It is weekly winter time, and Dre, AEW Dynamite has been on an absolute burner, at least as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how many weeks in a row I've given Dynamite the nod in terms of weekly winter. Another strong showing from Dynamite. We can get to that in a second, but I want to start this weekly winter, well, really the way the week started, and that's on Monday night. Um, we already made reference to the great work that Kevin Owens did, but we also had uh, a great match for as long as it lasted between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. We had Finn Balor and Austin Theory, which with a quick roll-up. Um, Monday has gotten exponentially better over the last, oh, I don't know, few weeks, couple months. And again, I think it's in large part to the names I just mentioned, right? AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, uh, Kevin Owens. That draft back in whatever it was, October, right? And I used the term draft loosely. But the switch up with a lot of that main talent from Friday. Okay, Roman Reigns stays. But a lot of those big names I just mentioned, Rollins, Owens, they go over to Monday and really bolster that roster and have really made it a, a, a great show on Mondays. Yeah, I mean, Raw needed that boost. And Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins have carried a lot of that load lately, especially with E switching back and Lashley being out. So now you got Rollins and Owens who have just been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And the return of Edge is always welcome. There's something about Edge just feeling like he's enjoying what he's doing and, you know, not putting a timer on the rest of his career that's just been really, really fun to watch. But (laughs) we referenced it before. Kevin Owens emulating Stone Cold. And then goofing the crowd and thinking that Stone Cold was actually coming out on the second turn. Listen, that was that moment. And it makes it makes Raw enjoyable, even though it's still hard to digest as a three-hour show. Even though you still have some filler matches, you're like, dude, whatever. I can get by it anytime yeah. I deal with Owens, Owens and Rollins on my TV. Yeah, and again, uh, Owens. You, you talked about Owens' relationship with Triple H and how we wouldn't have Kevin Owens in the WWE if it were not for... Uh, Triple H, William Regal, right? I'm glad you bring up Triple H in the context of Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens really, to me, has a lot of that Triple H sort of blood in his DNA as we talk about the versatility and more specifically, you talk about the timing, the work on the mic and the comedic timing. Owens, like, you can't teach that to have the strap hang. Listen, whether it was you know, planned or not to have the knee brace strap hanging down, looking all disheveled, missing the beers, right? The comedic elements that that sort of segment built towards there's, there's some things you can't teach, right? Andreas, there's that it factor. Owens has got all of that in spades, man. Yeah. He's not missing it at all. And I'm glad, look, even though if Austin can't wrestle, whatever, this is worth more than just about every other match on the card for Owens to get to get to interact with Austin. Owens is, 
one of the most talented and gifted and unique people in this business. And he's been that way since the Ring of Honor days. Like I've watched him work PWG matches with Cole and the Steen Wolf. And it's just like, he can be violent. He can be funny. He can be everything. And it's like, I'd like to see him get in a backstage role at some point because it seems his mind just works different from other people. His timing is on point. And yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. Like the main event for me, night one at WrestleMania, is their interaction, Austin and Kevin Owens. That's it, Ryan. That's what I want to see. They don't need, I don't need to see Austin work. I just need to see him talk. I'm here for that. That's going to be beautiful because I know that they're both going to deliver and it's going to be excellent. And that Texas crowd, boy. Boy, listen. Woo. And, Owen, <laughs> and that's the other thing. Owens knows how to get real heat. Yes. Like, if anybody yes. remembers his segment with Elias, I think they were in Seattle when he just ran the city down. This, yes, just completely tore the city down. Kevin Owens, just he does that effortlessly. He's not the greatest babyface because he's so right. phenomenal as a heel. He's still a good babyface, but he's a phenomenal, phenomenal heel. And him and Austin in that ring together, trading shots, going to be incredible. Yeah, I really liked what I saw on Monday Night Raw. Now we flip the script and we jump over to Tuesday. I I don't know what to think about NXT 2.0. You know, obviously, you know Ziggler uh, showing up is a is a is a wrinkle, and obviously, you know him uh, winning the championship was was something a lot of us didn't see. But that's in part because of the the blueprint that's been laid for NXT over the last half decade plus, right? Um, I, I mean, should we even keep NXT in the weekly winter runnings anymore? Like, should I even be watching this every week? I, I don't. Not only is it not my weekly winner, I don't see any light on the horizon for NXT ever returning to form to what we saw from the black and gold brand. Dre, no, it's like having a TV deal for a a, a, a show, but now it's like watching the minor leaguers play. And no disrespect, because Carmelo Hayes is incredible. Walter, I'm not going to call yep. him Gunther. Walter is incredible. The Creed brothers have been fantastic. (laughs) Malcolm Bivens is incredible, but that show is so green. And I did not ask for Tony D'Angelo versus Dexter Loomis. Okay. No, thank you. There are so many segments on that show (laughs) when I'm watching matches and I'm like, they should have this green talent working. Like I'm, I'm baffled by the booking of NXT 2.0. It is like they have put a developmental on my television and I can't escape it. I still watch it. Because, again, Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, they have some great talent, but they've mixed in so much green talent that it's like it's confusing. What am I watching? Uh, Walter working Duke Hudson? I don't need that. Nobody asked for that. Look, Stand and Deliver, NXT Stand and Deliver is officially the WrestleMania pre-show. That is not the takeover or anything that we used to think. Oh, oh, that is the saddest shit that has been said all show. You know why it was sad? Because it's true. It is true. It is true. As good as it might be, it's going to be really hard to get people to watch Stand and Deliver at noon and fall into WrestleMania where, when TakeOver used to be its own entity. Now it just feels like, oh, I got to get warmed up for WrestleMania. I'll watch some uh, Stand and Deliver. That sucks, man. Oh. NXT was so much better. So much better. Now it's just like, Walk, yeah. walk, 
Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> You're not wrong, though, man. That was uh, great stuff there as you kind of break that down. Let's break down Wednesday night, right? Because when we turn the page to Dynamite, and listen, uh, it was a great show, but it was largely a great show because that was one of the best first hours that I have seen in recent memory, right? CM Punk and Dax Harwood come out on the 25th anniversary of Bret Hart and Stone Cold at WrestleMania, and they put on a professional wrestling clinic, followed by Sting, Darby Allen, and the Hardys taking on Private Party, Butcher, and the Blade, right, where all hell broke loose and old man Sting was just doing his best PCO, like stopping hearts all across the nation. Oh, and then let's follow that up with Brian Danielson and Moxley taking on the Varsity Blondes with everything that happened afterward with in-ring with, with uh, Moxley and Brian, and then you get an MJF promo, right, and he comes out and start slanging major heat. Now, when you start that hot and that's your entire first hour, it would stand to reason that your second hour was in trouble. And I and listen, still a show, but that second hour to me, Dre, really suffered from what was an absurdly entertaining first hour. Oh, absolutely. That, like, as you mentioned, I don't need to repeat it. That first hour was incredible, but that second hour was wolf because we got Ricky Guerrero <laughs> promo with Thunder Rosa. We got we got the very cringe, very cringe Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti segment with Dan Lambert talking about the the things they did with the title. Like yo, I that second hour was rough. Even though I enjoyed Jay Lethal and Adam Cole, and yeah, yeah, even though like that that was good, and even though anytime I see Jay Cargill on my screen, it's just like she's just unique, right? But that second hour, blah, ugh, woof, very woof. Still a good show, but shit. Help. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you're not wrong, though. Adam Cole, uh, Scorpio Sky. Uh, the main event between Jericho and Daniel Garcia, Silver and Reynolds. I will say this. The sports entertainment stuff from Chris Jericho. Talked about it with Bully last week. That what, like That is the hallmark of Chris Jericho. His ability to reinvent himself. And just when I feel like he's getting stale. Just when I feel like he's run out of tricks in his bag. Just when I think we've seen just about it all from Chris Jericho. He busts out with the list. He busts out with the Festival of Friendship. He busts out with the Pain Maker. In this case, he busts out with this sports entertainer gimmick. Holy shit. I can't wait to see where this goes because that's the brain of, of Chris Jericho. It's so good, that sports entertainment heat that he's trying to generate, that I can't believe no one did it before him and again that's a testament to the great chris jericho oh yeah chris jericho is the king of reinvention this man has figured out yep. every single time it's like oh it's about to get stale let's figure something out and he it seems like he runs out of things to do and he comes up with this one you know who's actually getting a great rub in this daniel garcia because he's embraced being a sports entertainer as well and he's such a phenomenal young talent he, they, I'm glad they pivoted away from the inner circle. Everybody there, except for Hager, got a rub that they needed. Now <laughs> you got somebody like Daniel Garcia, who is incredible in the ring. But now him cutting the promos, like, yeah, I'm a sports entertainment. I love you, Jericho. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm with all of this. I'm with this whole Jericho appreciation crew. I love this. I love this. But Jericho, he just remains to be great. And he's in fantastic shape. I can't get over it every, every week that I see him. He looks great. What the hell? Looks really great. He looks really great. I like the how you put the little caveat in there, except Jake Hager. Uh, what is it about Hager? I mean, is it just is it the fact that we've seen him for ten years and he's really never improved in the ways that we want? Like it is a head shaking sort of uh, situation with Jake Hager. 
I dog, I can't I, I can't put a finger on it because it ain't there. Whatever they're looking for, it just ain't there. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be yeah. he'll be the muscle and he'll be there for that. But then he opens his mouth and I'm just like, bro, I don't need it. I don't need it. So you know he he has to stay around yep. Jericho because otherwise he has nothing to do. So yep. it is what it well is. Well said. Well said. So let's turn the page. We go over to Thursday night. And for my money, pound for pound, uh, the one, the, the, the company, the show, whatever, the night that is giving uh, Wednesday, at least for my money, the, the most run for my money uh, is impact on Thursdays on access dre like i love what they're doing i love the simple booking i love the attention to professional wrestling um and when you've got tasha Steeles and, and mickey james main eventing with matches like i've loved what steve macklin's done ever since he came over to impact it's just a very enjoyable show and again i think there was a lot of the, a lot of it was the interest with ring of honor um and, and sort of what was going to happen with that. Now that we know Tony Khan is bought ring of honor, maybe a little bit of that is leveled off, but impact still bringing really good shows every Thursday night. Yeah. I just wish it was on a broader stage. A lot of people still have a hard time yeah. getting yeah. a chance to watch it, but it's like when you watch it, it's really good. Seeing speedball Mike Bailey back has just been fun. Cause he, I've always liked speedball Mike Bailey. Um, Tasha Steele's being the champ. I thought, I think it's been great. And listen, yeah, there they've just announced Tomohiro Ishii versus Jonah rock for their pay-per-view and i'm i bro, miss that you know i'm an i'm an ishii mark ishii's working eddie edwards wrestlemania weekend which is going to be great but now ishii's going to worse jonah that's a hoss match Imp- like for those of you who listen to buster open and listen to aw and the wwe talking nxt talk if you're not watching impact you are truly missing out they have a really yes. really yep. great product they really do i just wish they could find another stage to put it on so more people could see it because it's really good you say Jonah and the Stone Pitbull? Oh my God! Yes, I didn't even yes. know that was happening. That oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to watch that. That's a match right there. That we talk about all the time, right? Styles make fights. Let's go. <laughs> Let's. I am. Let's I am go. here for that one. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. The so biggest Ishii Marshall fine. I love that. So yeah, give it to me. Give it to me in spades. I want it. We've had the uh, we've had the the pleasure of seeing Ishii work a few times uh, here in Las Vegas as a part of those Ring of Honor sort of crossovers in the years past. Man, um, there is very few things. There are very few things like a Tomohiro Ishii match in terms of uh, scariness, terrifying. Uh, terrifyingness isn't a word, but it might be when we talk about Ishii. <laughs> it's, a bad, it's a bad dude, man. He is the one person who generates this this babyface heat like nobody else. Like when he starts no selling yep. strikes and headbutts and shit, I'm like, <laughs> man, I I love me some Ishii. So yeah, Impact, good good shit. Jonah Rock and Tomohiro Ishii. Oh yes, oh yes. That oh I can't wait. That's I'm sorry, I'm gonna bash over this shit. for an hour. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So we we turned from Thursday into Friday. We've given our thoughts on Friday, right? Uh, uh, we're one week away from WrestleMania SmackDown. It was fine. It was certainly not blowing anybody out of the water. And again, Rampage, good show. Not a great show by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to throw it to you, Andreas Hale. We ran through the week. It is now time to come to our final conclusion. Your weekly winner for the week of March 26, 2022. Uh, it'll be dynamite by hair. It'll Because that first okay. hour was stronger than everything else that we saw. Uh, I, I will give it to Dynamite because Punk and Harwood, Danielson and Moxley, Cole and Jay Lethal. Yeah, they had some cringeworthy moments, but 
it's still my winner this week. And are we going to fall? And listen, I'm going with Dynamite as well. I'm sorry, Busted Open Nation. What do you want me to do? Put on a better show, and I will give it my weekly winner. I can do this. I'm not above this. I'm not getting paid by AEW. Tony Khan is not my friend. It's just the best damn show in professional wrestling. I, I, I want to say someone else's, Andreas. I do want to because I'm getting sick of all these trolls constantly in my mentions running their mouths. But again, when you look at that first hour, that first hour was better than the entirety of professional wrestling this all, all week, right? And then again, the second hour on some level suffered from it. But, I mean, what Jericho and Daniel Garcia in the main event taking on Silver and Reynolds? Just from the standpoint that Silver and Reynolds got main event shine from Jericho. Like, that in of itself is a great way to close. If you're just looking at the second hour of Dynamite, that's the positive I can take away. And then you couple it with that first hour. Come on, man. It's, it's the best show. <laughs> Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.